Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, let's waste no time and jump right in. There's one thing I'd like to revisit briefly if I can, and it was something that I, I made mention of and have made mention of in the past before, and it's the, it's the business of, again, school-sanctioned sports and the participation that takes place in that, in, in all of that. And of course, I've always advocated for students to, to stop doing that, and I've advocated for individuals to instead read um, and spend their time doing something you know that, that isn't a purposeful distraction, so to speak. I want people to understand, though, that it's really within this, the school environment itself where I have the biggest problem with it. I'm not saying that people can't have a good time. I mean, that's ridiculous. I, I would, I would, you know, I'm, I'm not a stick in the mud when it comes to that, and I'm a logical thinker, clearly, I hope, anyway. Um, but, I, I, so again, I'm, I'm not against, you know, people playing catch or playing a game or doing whatever in, in their spare time. It's the school environment aspect of, of the game playing and, and the sporting events and whatever that I just, again, view as being a distraction. Um, and again, in particular, given everything that's happening right now with the mask wearing and the distancing and whatever else, I just find it very, I mean, it's interesting. It's an interesting observation. I, I, I find it interesting that, that an individual would jump through those and pardon the pun here, but I mean, jump through those hurdles or over those hurdles just to jump over a hurdle. I mean, it seems absurd to me that an individual would go to those lengths to continuously play a game um, when they could be doing something else. So again, I'm not saying that children can't be children. I'm not saying that they can't do it outside of school. That's not, you know, that's not my, I don't have an issue with that. It's, it's within the school environment itself where, where I have the problem with it. And I've always said in the past, and again, I've written about this at length in, in my books, but if they, were, if they were just separate, if the schooling environment just focused on content and not the game playing and the cheerleading and the, the this and the that and the rah-rah-ree, kick them in the knee, if they, if they stayed away from that, there, there would have been no end to the success that the students in that environment would have, academically in particular. But unfortunately, as we all know, many individuals attend school just for the purpose of sport um, and to play a sport or play a game. And I don't know. I, I, I think it's problematic. But I, I wanted individuals to understand the difference there and sort of my whole take. And again, I'm not saying that people can't have a catch or they can't play a game. Um, it's just within the school environment. So with that said, however, there's another interesting observation I made. Again, driving through what would have been a, uh, a, uh, a very busy university campus on a Saturday um, with hardly a cloud in the sky at, with 82-degree weather when normally there would be thousands and thousands of students walking around Miami University's campus. Um, I, again, I, I, counted, I counted a few hundred I'm not saying that I walked into every single bar or restaurant and was counting heads and you know doing a tally of how many people were actually there. It was just an eyeball test 
And the fact is, is that there are so few students attending this university this year. Whereas in the past, again, you would have seen individuals playing catch in their front yard or um, throwing a football or a frisbee or you know whatever. That's not happening. I, I, I drove right through the center of town. Again, same thing. And then I hooked back around, drove right through the center of campus. Nothing. I mean, yes, people are walking around and that's not unusual. But seeing individuals in, in larger groups outside of, of where they're living, um, doing particular things, it's just, it's painfully obvious that there are so few students on this campus. And again, it's just one campus. There's no way that it's only this way just here. It has to be like that everywhere. So again, speaking of another campus, I'm just going to jump in here uh, with some of these latest revelations slash news, but Ohio State University, of course, is now requiring that their students and all staff and everybody get jabbed now because they're running under the assumption that the Pfizer jab is FDA approved across the board. Uh, a lot of confusion about that still to this day, but that's what they're running with. And as luck would have it, and I mentioned this again last week, but this particular thought escaped me, and I thought, well, that was pretty obvious. Why didn't you say that? If we go back in time, when they were first dishing out these poisonous jabs, they were telling people, you have to wait four months, <clears throat> excuse me, to receive your next jab. Not so anymore, apparently. Again, according to Ohio State, you have to be jabbed by October with at least your first jab. So it says this on their uh, safety and healthy Buckeyes. The irony is palpable. So it says the following here, uh, COVID-19 vaccine requirement. It says with the rising, uh, rising prevalence of the more uh, transmissible Delta variant fueling a resurgence of COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations. Uh, my God, that sentence, uh, these, these people are, are the worst. They're just the worst. Ohio State is focusing on enhancing the health and safety of our community. The next line, and here's the kicker. As of August 24th, Ohio State is requiring every student, faculty, and staff member to be vaccinated against COVID-19. Even the staff members. I mean, we're talking about the food service workers, the individuals who sweep the floors. They all have to be jabbed. This is a ticking time bomb. It's a ticking time bomb. The next, the next couple of lines say this, and again, this is the this is the dangerous timeline here. It says the deadline for all Ohio State students, faculty, and staff to have at least a first dose is Friday, October fifteenth. Mark your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. That's when they're going to start falling over. But they're really going to start falling over a month later. It says, for people receiving a two-dose vaccine, the second dose must be received by November 15th. For details and timeline, from the Wexner Medical Center, and yes, that Les Wexner, the uh, Victoria's Secret child trafficking pedophile. Um, again, the irony is palpable. But the simple fact now that an individual 
has to receive both jabs, and they can't wait. So it's got to happen within a month. Uh, the writing is on the wall. I've said that a million times. I'm, I'm sorry for the uh, repetition, but the, the writing is on the wall here. This is not going to be good. And again, for people to not see that, even the individuals working there, astounds me. Um, it absolutely astounds me. So speaking of, again, schools that are mandating these jabs, it's not just at the university level. Uh, it is certainly at the K-12 level as well. So this comes from fox29.com out of Philadelphia. It says, North Philadelphia High School requiring students to be vaccinated by Monday. That's today. Students at Cristo Ray Philadelphia High School have already begun classes this week, and the school is reporting 100% of its teachers are vaccinated. But now the school is requiring the same of its students by Monday, August 30th. Many parents reached out to Fox 29 outraged and upset. You think? Quote, we're being forced to take the shot that we're still not comfortable with, said Tiffany Negron, a parent of a senior at Cristo Ray. Pull them out. Pull them out permanently. There's absolutely no reason why any student should be attending these schools that are doing this, which again raises another interesting point and I would highly encourage individuals, again, to go to my substack and read the article that Vanessa Hurst wrote. Uh, it's frightening. And she lays out exactly what's going on within her son's school district and how on those forms that they send home on the first day of school, uh, it clearly says that if you sign these, you're giving the school nurse the right and opportunity to jab your child. If they qualify to receive the COVID jab, they'll do it right there on the spot. Same thing with flu shots, same thing with any other medical slash horrific thing that they want to do or practice on your child. They'll do it without the parent knowing. Um, and again, if the, if the form is signed, then you're, you're signing your child's life away, potentially. Um, if you don't sign it, what does that mean? Because again, back in the day, if you didn't have those signed, they would always threaten you and coerce you and whatever else. They'd say things like, well, you're not going to get a report card, or you're not allowed to eat lunch, or you're not allowed to do this or that. That kind of, I mean, that, uh, those kinds of threats, uh, I've, I've always thought to be completely ridiculous, of course, but now they're openly telling you that the school nurse has the right to scoop up your child and jab them. And again, Lots of anecdotal reports of this, of course, already happening without parents' consent, without them signing any forms. So it's not beyond, it's not out of the, the realm of a possibility that a school nurse would do this anyway, with or without the form. Now, fortunately, there are nurses who know what's going on, not just the occasional school nurse, as I've even played the audio last week of that school nurse, or former school nurse, I should say, who clearly knows what's going on and has their head on straight. But there are other nurses that do too. And I, I do want to play this audio right now of a nurse who knows exactly what's going on and is connecting the dots clearly. So give this a listen. Not going to lie. This week has been really rough. Uh, I crawled into bed last night and just laid there and cried because this is getting really hard to take. 
I had a patient on Monday call who had gotten there six days earlier and ironically ended up in the ER the very next day, was in the ER again two days later. Nobody could tell him what was wrong with him, but a 30-something-year-old male who had no previous heart condition, heart was going off, had a fever, had high blood pressure, um, and he was calling me because he had been told his next step was to get a tetanus shot. I'm angry. I'm really mad. If you're one of those people that's going to jump on this post and tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about, that, that, that this is all a coincidence, you're a liar. If you have any kind of patient contact, then you absolutely are hearing what's going on with the people who got it. And it's time that you start speaking up. Stop being passive about it. Stop letting it happen. These poor people are suffering and they're suffering terribly. My last call today, 14-year-old girl who got it and has been in the ER ever since. Yesterday, 24-year-old passing blood clots the size of golf balls. You know, this has got to stop. How is it that they're even still giving this out? I don't understand. I also really don't want to hear how people deserve it, how if they're ignorant, they deserve it. Because you know what? I don't believe that. I don't think anybody deserved this. There is literally not a day that goes by that I am not scheduling somebody as a direct result of a side effects from, from getting it. This is, this is obscene. It's gross. And I think it's time we start calling it exactly what it really is. And you know what? I really don't care. I don't care if they take down my TikTok. I don't care. I'm not in this for the, the props or the views or whatever. I don't care. It's time we really start socially calling this exactly what it is. And I bet this is probably backwards because I'm old and I don't know how to make these things work properly. But this is what's happening. And it's happening right around you. And if you're being silent about it, if you are seeing things and you aren't speaking out, you are a part of the problem. Don't let legislation mandate death. These people are suffering horribly. This is worse than cancer. At least with cancer, there's a name to it. There's treatment. There's people there to support you. This, there isn't. And again, not just the nurses either, but the doctors themselves. They're all working around one another. They're all seeing this. They have to be. It has to be everywhere. How do you not connect those dots? How how, how do you not see it clearly? I mean, as I told you with my experience uh, last week at the at the old hospital, uh, you know, one of the first questions right out of the gate was, "Have have I taken the shots? Have I been tested? Have I taken the shots?" If a person is in there and they say yes, and they're experiencing these things, seems like a pretty easy dot to connect there. It's it's not uh, not a, not a tough leap, but who knows? Maybe just being so close to it, they're so blind. But Mike Yeadon has um, written another long uh, explanation here of of some of the current happenings. And I wanted to read this one, and this is different from the last one that I read. Again, this is is current, or at least this was, um, let's see, I I think it's as new as last Friday on Telegram. So it goes like this. He says, quote, It is not enjoyable 
knowing what I'm almost certain is intended. Nothing is going to matter unless we stop them, and I'm under no illusions about that. I think since the Club of Rome and the first Bilderberg meetings, certain of the world's wealthiest families long ago decided that it wasn't so much that the world's population was too big to be sustained, but that we, the common people, are consuming what they see as their non-renewable resources. They've persuaded most, those who aren't fooled by the absurd virus vaccines and illogical vax pass, to go along with this hideous, undemocratic plan to reduce the carbon footprint of each person. I've had many people say they've worked this out and have some sympathy for it. I call that Stockholm Syndrome. They've got to be stupid to think that the fourth industrial revolution can occur and then continue to feed, house, clothe, and entertain several billion demoralized people. That's just not going to happen. Those invested in this takeover of the, of the free humans are completely psychopathic. Consider what's happening if you've any doubt. Remember that every one of the central narrative points about this virus is a lie. I have zero motives to make this stuff up with no upside, so you may be sure that I think what I'm saying is true. All of the foundational realizations are deeply science-based and spent 40 years training and practice in these areas of human biology. I'm not mistaken about this. For this and other reasons, the elites are descended from the early 20th eugenicists Reference to boosters and variant vaccines, which are immunologically, I said it, yeah, immunologically, there we go, immunologically absurd. I'm certain they intended totalitarian tyranny over everyone, followed by a money system reset, no cash, only central bank digital currencies, which they control, use, and know our every transaction, Accompanied by mass depopulation, which hasn't started yet, the toxicity of the first-generation vaccines is incidental and presumably is because they require this gene-based technology to execute their plans. It's very upsetting having this collection of insights, which I think not many hold. Oh, I think he'd be surprised. Um, he continues, he says, quote, you need an unusual set of scientific skills, plus some financial system insights, plus history. James Corbett is probably the best person to grasp the span of history. Catherine Austin fits on money and me and others on the core scientific aspects. I say to people that I cannot save you. I cannot save even myself. But I hope to have provided you with sufficient information that you can push back and now and know that you must or we're doomed. And further, that it's literally a life and death matter, that you daily make strenuous efforts to plant seeds of doubt about the entire narrative to new people. Good luck and best wishes, Dr. Mike Eden. A few years back, I read a book. The author has slipped my mind, but the book was called The Bilderberg Group. And I, I read it, and it was frightening. Um, if you've never looked into that, I highly recommend looking into it, but I'm going to ruin kind of the book at the end here, but the, the book essentially says, not only are these individuals satanic and are they evil, but they, they won't quit. They just won't quit. These people will not stop. 
there's no amount of reasoning with them. There's no amount of communicating with them. There's no amount of meetings that can be attended. There's no amount of this, that, or the other. They just, they won't quit and they won't stop. Which again, and I've brought it up numerous times, is that while I think the school board meetings and people attending these meetings have, have their place and certainly have a purpose, and it's caused people to connect and communicate in a positive way, and the, the sound-minded individuals are clearly outnumbering uh, the lunatics in these meetings. There's, there's only so much that, that can be done in those meetings. And again, I would encourage people to, to wrap their arms around that because, again, they're not going to quit. These people will not, will not stop with their, with their evil habits and their evil behavior. Again, they, they've crossed the bridge already. They've already crossed the bridge. We can already see what they've done. They've all broken the law. Every single one of them, which means, what are they going to do now? Are they, are, are they again, I, I did bring this up a number of months ago, but I perused my way through a school law book, and it essentially says that they'll pass the buck and they'll pass the blame as they continue to kick the can down the road, and that will ultimately be their legal defense in the future. If, again, they themselves aren't Aren't, aren't physically destroyed from taking the jabs, if they actually find their way into a court of law and someone holds all of these individuals accountable, every teacher, administrator, everybody who's, who's done this, um, they're, they're going to say, well, our health department said, or the CDC said, or the World Health Organization said, and they're just going to, the finger pointing, is going to be so rampant that um, everybody's going to be poking their eyes out with their fingers because they're just going to be finger pointing incessantly and there won't be any stopping the finger pointing. But that's not really going to be a viable legal excuse because, again, they're officially on record with everything that they've done over the last year and a half. They're on record, they're recorded. Um, and there, and there's, there's just not going to be any escaping it whatsoever. And it does break my heart when I hear individuals discussing how they wanted to be a school teacher or they wanted to be, excuse me, in the, in the education profession and they wanted to teach young people and they wanted to teach them the truth. And, you know, Many individuals get into education because they see a broken system and they want to do what they can to fix it from the inside. Um, you know, I, I, I may have brought this up before, but th there was an individual who called into a radio show not that long ago, a few weeks back, and again, they, they said they were a 21-year-old female. They were set to graduate here um, very shortly and in the next semester or two with an education degree, and they just said, I, I can't do it. I can't work in this environment. I will not mask myself. I'm not going to mask my students. I, you know, I, I've, I've either got to, I've either got to find a school building that's not doing any of that, which is a very difficult thing to do for for some, or they said, uh, you know, they, they've just got to walk away from the entire business and and find something else to do for a living. Again, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it it, it truly is, but. I, I just don't think that 
environments like the ones that we've now seen can be saved. They just can't. Um, you know, that's not a, a it's not a defeatist approach. I just think that it's it's more of a, a realistic way of looking at it. And again, that's my take, but I just don't think that they can be saved. And I think again that the people who are showing up by and large to to certain board meetings are trying to hold on to to a, a previous idea that existed in their head about what the environment was like without really knowing the end game motives of the individuals who are running these environments into the ground with all of their illegal behavior. Um, they're still holding on to it in their own heads as if to say, you know, again, maybe it can be saved, maybe it can be saved. And I understand that frame of mind. I fully get it. That was, again, that was the approach that I took when I was, it was certainly the approach that I took when I was a school teacher. And it was the approach that I wanted to take into a teacher education department and basically say, look, I can control my students and, well, I don't mean literal control. I just mean there are certain things that are out of my control, and then there are certain things that are, that are within my control. And one of them, of course, is positively influencing students and teaching them about the entire business. But I kept holding on to that and thinking perhaps it can be fixed from the inside. But perhaps, uh, to the contrary, maybe maybe the entire the entire thing has to crumble and the walls have to cave in in order to fix anything. You just have to start over completely. So, again, that's kind of my basic approach on that. Um, I have one last thing I wanted to mention here. And again, I'm not dooming. I want to make that abundantly clear. But I did want to throw this out there because it's not outside of the realm of a possibility. And it is, uh, it is a frightening scenario, to say the least. But... Um, I've, I, I haven't spent much to any time talking about the business of school shootings, quote-unquote, and I don't like that large umbrella phrase that gets used, but I just used it, so my apologies. I, I, I did put this out on Gab because, again, when a thought comes to me, I think to myself, well, Let's at least put this out there as a warning so that people can be vigilant and they can pay attention. With everything that's going on in the world right now, and the chaos and the this and the that, the, yes, there is an absolute ton of beauty that, that exists, and, and I would encourage people to always find that and look for that. This isn't so much beauty, as you're going to hear in a second, but again, it's about being vigilant, because we know now that these K-12 environments and even higher ed environments that are masking and distancing and jabbing their entire staffs to death, what, what, they're, what they've shown is that they are a remarkably unhealthy environment. So, given my projection, which is, again, in the realm of a possibility of these individuals who have been jabbed falling ill in the coming months and the coming semester and not being able to stay open, what's the other thing? that could happen, that could keep a series of school buildings closed that has nothing to do with a quote-unquote physical illness from a jab. And again, it would be kind of a school shooting slash school bombing kind of thing. I'm clearly not calling for any of that. That's not what I'm, that's not my point. My point is, is that the evil individuals who are in charge are 
of a variety of different avenues. Clearly have it within their wheelhouse because they've done it before. Only this time, instead of manufacturing something from a false standpoint and tricking people on television to believe that something happened when perhaps it didn't, um, actually having some kind of a school-related attack occur is, is not outside of the realm of a possibility. So I'm saying that so that people remain vigilant if, if they're continuing to send um, their children to these environments, that they continue to, to pay attention to that aspect as well. You know, don't let your guard down on those kinds of things. And another thing too, which vigilant parents are always paying attention to, is they're always asking themselves, okay, what is the what are the policies of the school regarding security? It's a pretty straightforward question, pretty straightforward um, procedure that 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 has to be in place for a variety of individuals. And I would just encourage again the people working in those environments and the parents who are sending their children to those environments that they pay attention to that, that you know what your what your school's security is like. Um, and it, it, you know, even, a, even a simple email can sometimes be all it takes to just remind somebody to, to not let their guard down and, and remind individuals to, to pay attention to the fact that, oh yes, by the way, there are still violent people out there and those violent people have no problem using children, uh, to carry out their nefarious means or their nefarious ends. So... Again, these are, you know, these are just things to pay attention to. That's all. But I do want to end with this, and I'm going to wrap, wrap this up. And I'm going to end on a positive note here. Um, this was a fantastic story. I find it absolutely hilarious. And it comes from NBC News of all horrible places. But this is super, super funny. And I, and I just love it. And it's titled this. And this was from last week, but I did want to bring it up here on, on Monday's show. Um, it's titled brother and sister banned from high school for not wearing masks. And then the subtitle says their father said wearing masks violates their religious beliefs. Again, this is, this is on NBC news. Of course, as you know, they're probably trying to paint these individuals as being completely insane. They are not the front picture of both of them, a brother and a sister, huge smiles on their faces. Uh, arms around each other, having a having a grand old time. And here's the thing: these individuals are now probably going to homeschool. They'll learn online. They are free from the environment. They stood up for their own individual rights. Uh, their parents backed them completely, and it's absolutely perfect. So I want to read a couple of quotes here from it, and it says this. Quote, they were sent home and told not to come back with or without a mask, said Gary Nelson, whose children, Drew, 17, and Victoria, 16, who attend the Springs Charter Schools, Temecula Student Center, if I'm saying that right. Uh, if they do, quote, they will be charged with trespassing. I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. It continues. It says, Nelson said Drew, a senior, and Victoria, a junior, were booted from the campus on August 19th when they declined to wear masks because of their religious beliefs. Quote, The Bible says we're made in the image of God, and Satan tries to cover that up. A mask is a sign of oppression, unquote, Nelson said Thursday. Quote, If I was Muslim, Jewish, or something 
of a more high-profile minority religion in this country, yes, they would have accommodated, just to say they weren't discriminating based on that religion, but they feel safe because it's Christianity, unquote. And then it says, refusal to wear mask is not a, tendent, a tenant of the Christian faith. Well, thank you, NBC News, for your in-depth analysis of the Bible. Um, and then, of course, the smear campaign continues and blah, blah, blah. The principal did not respond to emailing this, that, and the other. So again, you're talking about two individuals who, again, stood up for themselves, their own rights, their own religious knowledge. They know exactly what's going on. The smiles on their faces are ear to ear. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a beautiful thing. Because now that they're gone, they'll never go back. Because they won't want to go back. Because the limits for them in the future are now endless. And they will see that clearly. They probably already know that. It doesn't get any better than that. It just doesn't. So, have a great day. I'll catch you on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.